Welcome to the BCS Podcast, where we explore the basics of computer science concepts. I'm your host, Saran, founder of Code Newbie. And I'm Vaidehi Joshi, author and developer. And she is the brilliant mind behind the BCS blog series. Today we're talking about representing graphs. This season of BCS is brought to you by Dev Discuss. Dev Discuss is a show I work on with the team at Dev, an international supportive community for developers. The show addresses the many burning topics that pop up on Dev every day and is hosted by Jess Lee and Ben Halper, two of Dev's co-founders. Past episodes have included unpopular opinions with Kelsey Hightower, staff developer advocate at Google Cloud and a legendary voice in tech. So an unpopular opinion should be like, computers were a mistake. Was, <laughs> was this all worth it? And how changing your name is a difficult, unsolved, and sometimes personally devastating problem in tech. I basically walk through this world, through this minefield of not knowing when I'm going to have this like sort of deep emotional wound reopened. As well as how little known tools can have big productivity gains. And I think it gives me the sense of structure, which I really enjoy. And also you can color code different things. Each episode features interesting guests from diverse backgrounds who are active in the software space. This podcast is your place for burning tech questions, answers, and genuine conversations. And we also end each episode with commentary from the everyday developers who call Dev home. You'd be surprised how many things making music and coding have in common. True to the Dev community, Dev Discuss wouldn't be possible without the input from all of you. So listen, rate, and subscribe to Dev Discuss wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's do a quick recap of a graph. What is the definition of a graph? So a graph is a data structure that we're pretty familiar with. And really, if you're defining it, you really just need to think about two parts. It has two distinct things within it. First, you have a set of vertices, which sometimes we often refer to as nodes. And it's a finite, distinct set of vertices or nodes. And then there's also a set of edges, which are the links, the references and the pointers between the vertices, and they connect the vertices into the graph structure. And that's really all a graph really is, just these two distinct parts that are combined together to create a large or small structure. Mm -hmm. And there's different ways that we can talk about graphs, right? Like we can talk about their density. Yeah. And a lot of the ways that we talk about graphs is by describing what they look like. Mm -hmm. and how they're structured. And density, as you mentioned, is one of those ways. When we're talking about density in a graph, what we're talking about is basically how dense it is. Mm -hmm. In other words, <laughs> how many edges it has compared to nodes. So when you have a very dense graph, you have many more edges that are connecting the nodes. On the other hand, if you have a graph that has a smaller edge-to-node ratio, that's a sparse graph. And so, for example, if you're representing a graph or if you're talking about a graph to someone and you're like, oh, it has all these edges, lots and lots and lots of edges, somebody could be like, oh, sounds like a dense graph. But if you're like, oh, it has a, a few nodes, but then like just some edges, not a whole ton of them, just a few, that's a sparse graph. Mm -hmm. And then we can also talk about direction when it comes to graphs. Exactly, yeah. And direction is basically like the flow of how you can go from one node to another. And what it's really describing is the edge that connects two nodes. So if you can go from one node to another in both directions, that's an undirected edge. And if you can go in only one direction, it has a directional flow that's a directed edge. So if a graph has 
only directed edges, only those that have some directional flow to them, it's a directed graph. And on the other hand, if you can go either direction through all the edges and traverse through the graph kind of any which way you want, that's an undirected graph. And the other thing that we've talked about previously is how to represent graphs. And there's a mathematical way to do it. What was that again? So the mathematical way of representing a graph is G, where G is the graph, equals a set of V and E. That's just like a mathematical representation of the thing we just explained, right, with a bunch of words, which is that mm -hmm. a graph is, it's a combined set of vertices and a set of edges. So basically, if you have a graph, you will expect that there has to be a set of vertices and a set of edges. And depending on if the graph is directed or undirected, those edges are going to be represented as ordered or unordered pairs. We've already talked about that in previous episodes, but that's just like a reminder that you will represent a directed graph and an undirected graph differently because the edges are going to look a little different. Okay, so that's the mathematical representation of a graph, but how do you actually code a graph? So the way that you are going to code a graph is really tied to the representation of the graph because to be honest, like you could represent a graph in different ways because all you're really doing is representing a set of edges and a set of vertices, right? And so there are different ways that you can represent a graph, how you could theoretically represent it in code and specifically how you would hold the memory of that graph. But I think the quickest way is by turning these groups of ordered pairs, as it were, into a list or an array because that's like an easy tool to reach for. Most of us mm -hmm. know some kind of way of representing an array or a list. Yeah. And so we're like, okay. Pretty comfortable. Yeah. Well, that's something that we can do. That's a really quick and easy way to represent this group of ordered pairs, this group of edges, group of vertices, and how they connect to each other because that's really what we're trying to do. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. there's actually a term for this simple version. The list or the array representation of a graph is called an edge list. And really what it is, is a representation of all of the edges in the graph. And sometimes the edges is referred to as like, you'll see it sometimes written as just like capital E with like the absolute value signs around it. Mm -hmm. And so this edge list just represents which edges exist in the graph. And mm. it's a really simple representation. You can represent it as an array. You can also just kind of represent it as like a list table type of thing. Like if you just imagine like an Excel spreadsheet and you're like, I'm just going to count up all the edges. Yeah. You could kind of think of it like that or you could represent it as an array object. And all you're basically doing is you're representing each edge in the graph by including the starting point of the edge and the ending point of the edge. And that's like mm. how you represent it in this list or array format. So it's interesting because when we're talking about the mathematical representation of a graph, there's the V and the E, right? There's a, a thing in there for the vertices and a thing in there for the edges. But when it comes to an edge list, we're not really talking about the vertices, right? Correct. You're not explicitly coming up with a list of vertices, but you're basically like implicitly figuring out what those vertices are because if you have an edge list, you know all the edges in the graph. And if you have all the edges, then you basically know like, oh, this node connects to this other node because it's represented as an edge. So if you have a list of all the edges, mm. you also inherently do know which nodes 
are in the graph because okay. they have to be connected to at least one other node, right? Okay, cool. So can we walk through an example of what an edge list might look like? Sure. So let's do like a simple example. Maybe just like three nodes. I'm not feeling particularly creative today. So let's just say like we have three nodes, one, two, and three. And it's okay. just a triangle and they're all three connected to each other. So one is connected to two and three and two is connected to three and one and three is connected to two and one. And that's the whole story. <laughs> it's just a triangle. <laughs> the, uh, yeah. <laughs> so if we're going to represent this graph in the form of either a list or an array, let's start with an array. We know that we need to represent the edges and like... Just thinking mm -hmm. about this graph, which just has three nodes that are all connected to each other, how many edges do we even have? We have three. Exactly. We have three edges. Thank God we kept it simple. <laughs> <laughs> and all we're going to do is basically, in our array, we're going to basically represent each edge. So first we have an edge mm -hmm. that connects node one to node two. So we could, in our array, put like a mini array, an element within it that is just one comma two. And that represents that edge. Okay. And then we kind of do the same thing. So we have an edge connecting two and three. So then we have another element inside of our array, our edge list that is two comma three. And then we have three connected to one. And so we have to represent that third edge, three comma one. We insert that into mm -hmm. our array. And now we have an array with three edges. And each of those edges, because it's an array, has an index. Mm -hmm. So in order to represent a graph with these three nodes, we can use this array or we could also transform it into a list. And in the list situation, we basically will have an index for each edge, again, sort of like a little Excel mini spreadsheet table where you have, mm -hmm. you know, one column is the index. So zero, one, two, because we're starting with zero indexed lists. And each one of the nodes that connects each edge is also in its own column. So it's the same idea. Mm -hmm. One and two is one edge. Two and three is another edge. Three and one is a third edge. Okay, so how do we actually use this edge list? What can we do with it? One thing to note is that you can find whether two nodes are connected to each other by looking at the array or the list and seeing if there's a connection, if there's an edge between those two. So if I wanted to see if the nodes three and one are connected, I would look at my array and I'd basically have to like iterate through it and see if there is an edge that has three comma one or one comma three. And there's something important here to note, which is that I just put all those edges in the array and in the list in mm -hmm. any order, right? There was like no oh, rhyme right. or reason to there's it. I thought to that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just went in whatever really order I wanted. That. Yeah. And that's important because the edges of that graph and the edges of any graph that you represent in an edge list don't have to be in any particular order. So that means if I'm trying to check if an edge exists between two nodes, potentially that edge could be at the very end of the list or it could be at the beginning. Okay. You know, that would be nice. For example, if three comma one is the last element in the array, it's the last item. I have to look through my whole list of edges to check whether mm -hmm. it exists. And like, that's not great. It's not super efficient. It's basically like it takes linear time to find an edge potentially. That's like the worst case scenario if we're talking about big O notation. Mm -hmm. And part of the reason for that is there's no order, there's no guaranteed order. And the only way to find something in this array is to iterate through it. So potentially you could have like O of E time where E is the number of edges. And actually that's mm. the same situation with 
how much space it takes too, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. We started with like a really simple graph, three nodes. But imagine if we were like, you know what? I'm feeling really gutsy. Let's do 300 nodes. (laughs) (laughs) Then we would have like an Uh array with who knows how many edges because some nodes could be connected to many different other nodes. And yeah, it takes a lot of space and it could potentially take a decent amount of time. Okay, so it sounds like we can use an array, we can do this edgeless situation, but it doesn't sound like it's the best tool that we can use. Is there a different way we can represent graphs? Yes, there is. There's another representation for a graph called an adjacency matrix. And an adjacency matrix is basically a matrix representation of exactly which nodes in the graph contain edges between them. So for what it's worth, we did the same thing with a list, but an adjacency matrix is basically taking the same information and representing it in a different way, in a matrix format. So you can still sort of derive the same conclusions, but it's mm-hmm. a little bit, I don't know, it, there's, there's some positives to, and, and I guess also some negatives to it, too. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's go through what that actually looks like. So if we use our graph, our one, two, three graph, the one that looks like a triangle, everything is connected to everything else, what would that look like as a matrix? Adjacency matrices are always going to have a top row and a side row. It's it's a little bit hard to describe, but I'll try my best. In a matrix, you sort of like have two elements, and then when you look at the intersection of them, That's how you get some information out of them, at least in Mm -hmm. an adjacency matrix. So we have like a top line and a line on the left, and each of these have a number associated with them. And the number is the Yeah, so we have our like row header and column header, sort of. You have the perfect terms. Yeah. I don't know why I was struggling. (laughs) I was like, you have a line, and and this line is next to it. And Oh, my goodness. Here to help. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so you have like this uh, header row and then like this column next to it. And for each node, we have to represent it in both the header row and in the side column next to it. So you have one, two, and three on the header row because we have nodes one, two, and three. And then we have one, two, and three going down the column on the left. And basically, the way that you represent this matrix is when you find the intersection of each of the nodes you put a value for whether or not there is an edge between them. Okay. So what that means is if I want to see if there is an edge between three and two, I would sort of like take my finger and like draw a line from two on one column and three in one row and sort of like make them intersect. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's basically like a graph, right? And we have our x-axis and our y-axis and we're just kind of going to the right and then going up and then we find our values. So in this case, we're going to the right and then going down to find our value. Exactly. Yeah. And another interesting thing to note about adjacency matrices is that we also have the ability to represent whether there is an edge between a node and itself because... We have one, two, three on the top and one, two, three on the side. So theoretically, I could look for one on the top and one on the side and see where they intersect, which is where you could have an edge that references itself. However, most simple graphs don't have self-referential edges. I was going to say, I don't think we've really talked about that before, right? That's kind of weird to have a reference to yourself. Wouldn't it it be great if I just dropped that bomb on you right now and I'm just like, (laughs) spoiler! This whole time. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean... Okay. Kind of a spoiler. A node can have a self-referential edge, but we're not going to talk about that. Just pretend like Okay, yeah, let's not talk about that. It's a secret. No, no. 
Okay, so that makes total sense that we would kind of go across the row and then go down and find our corresponding node and then see what value is there. But how do we know if there is an edge? What's the value that we're looking for? Mm. So this is kind of cool because all we're trying to do is represent is there an edge or is there not an edge? Because now we know what the two connecting nodes are, right? All we just have to do is figure mm -hmm. out yes or no, edge or not. Because this is a binary situation, we can use a zero to represent if there is no edge, and we can use one to represent the existence of an edge. So basically, okay. if I looked at the top row, the header, and then looked at the column on the side, and I was like, oh, let's see, do three and one have an edge? I would find, you know, three in the header, one in the side column, find where they intersect, and if I see a one there, that means, yes, there is an edge. But if I see a zero, mm -hmm. that means, sorry, no existence of an edge. These two nodes are not connected. And the interesting thing here is I talked about self-referential edges and how we're not going to have them. The side effect of that is that there is always going to be this main diagonal line that goes through an adjacency matrix for simple graphs where the diagonal going down the matrix is all zeros because if you imagine if you find two and two on the header and the side column and you find where they intersect, if there's no edge that two has that refers back to itself, it's always going to be zero. So if there's this diagonal line going down, you're like, okay, now I know there's no self-referential edges. This is a simple graph. Mm. Okay, cool. Another interesting thing about this is that if you know that the values on both sides of this main diagonal are the same, you know that the matrix is symmetric, which means that there's basically an edge between two and one in the same way that there is an edge between one and two. And like they're basically equivalent. And you know that there is an edge between both of those nodes. So it's basically an undirected graph. Right, because if it was a directed graph, then I might have an edge between two and one, but I would not have an edge going from one to two. Exactly. And in a matrix, those are two individual intersecting points, so I can look at the value for each one. Mm -hmm. And so it's very easy also to see if there are any undirected edges just by looking at this, because you can pretty easily see, oh, like there's a one here, but there's a zero at its equal mm -hmm. corresponding thing. This must be only one directional flow. It's obviously a directed yeah. edge. So when we're talking about edgeless, we talked about how it's not very efficient. It takes up a lot of space. So now that we're doing this matrix, is it better in terms of efficiency? It is because most of the operations that you can perform on an adjacency matrix can be done in constant time because basically all you're doing is you're looking up a node and its corresponding node. And that's pretty easy to do because you don't need to search through a list. It's ordered here. And then you're just seeing if there's a value or not. And if you suddenly want to create an edge, you just basically say, oh, I'm going to turn this zero into a one. And now there's an edge. Mm. And now you've represented it. And uh, you didn't have to go searching through this big, long array and insert and delete stuff. This is way faster. It's constant time. Nice. Okay. What about space efficiency? Because that was one of the things that you said would take up a lot of space for the edge list. How well does the matrix perform? Okay. So this is where things get a little sad because the trouble with adjacency matrices is that they're always going to require V squared amount of space or O of V squared rather, if we're talking about oh. big O notation. Because remember, this is like both a positive and a negative. The positive is that it's pretty easy to see like, oh, is there an edge going from two to one and one to two? However, the negative is now you're representing potentially the same exact edge twice. 
especially if you're like, oh, this is an undirected edge. I know that I can go either direction. Why are we representing it in two different places in this matrix? Um, and so, yeah, depending on what your graph can look like, it can be like a lot of wasted space. And it's the same thing if you have like a pretty sparse graph, you maybe are going to represent a whole bunch of nodes in your matrix, but they're going to be a bunch of zeros because if it's a sparse graph, you don't have too many edges connecting the nodes. So it's like, mm -hmm. oh, did mm -hmm. I need to represent it like this? Maybe it's not great. However, if it's a dense graph, maybe it's actually useful. You'll probably have a bunch of ones in your adjacency matrix, and now you mm. can leverage the benefit of it. But basically, there are problems with adjacency matrices and, of course, with edge lists. So like, neither mm -hmm, one of them was mm -hmm. super great, but they both do have benefits to them, depending on what your graph looks like. Okay, so is there a third option? Is there something else we can do? There is something else we can do, and it's kind of like this hybrid version of both of the things we've talked about today. It's called an adjacency list. Okay. And we will talk about it next episode. Because ah, I love leaving you on a cliffhanger. I've never, I haven't done that in a while. I don't even think I've done it's been it this a while. season. We've been pretty good. Yeah. We've been very gentle, but now <laughs> it's time to hold on and listen to next episode and find out all about this new hybrid solution. Yeah. And that's the end of today's show. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a review and make sure to check out Vaidhi's blog post. Link is in your show notes. Also, make sure to take a listen to the Dev Discuss podcast that I help make. It's the first original podcast from Dev, a global community of software developers of all backgrounds and experience levels. And the show covers burning topics that impact the daily lives of programmers and beyond. Hosted by Dev co-founders Ben Halpern and Jess Lee. This episode was edited and mixed by Levi Sharp. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Mm -hmm.